The e-resource of this episode is Consumer Reports. That's right. The library gives you full access to the ConsumerReports.org website, including product ratings, recommendations, and buying guides. You'll find Consumer Reports at jocolibrary.org slash research slash consumer dash reports. I think sometimes people are reading a romance novel and they don't even realize it. Joko Library Uncovered. Hey, Dave. Hey, Charles. Hey, so today's another collection deep dive. And did you know that today's topic is probably the most popular fiction genre there is? Is that right? Yep. Uh, It's true. According to uh, a study I saw on Words Rated, which is a research group that focuses on the book industry, romance novels sold 39 million volumes last year, bringing in $1.44 billion in sales. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. Well, you know what, Charles? I'd like to to turn things around if I could. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I would like to question the questioner. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? <laughs> you don't have an answer, do you? I, no, I don't have an answer for that. Well, maybe you can a- <laughs> riddle me this. <laughs> um, you know, that's from uh, Tina Turner. And, uh, you know, she asks, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Can you answer that? I can't, no, uh, but I, I would assume most people need hearts. It's a <laughs> good part of your circulatory system. Yes, but we're talking about the romantic heart. That's true. <laughs> that, you know, um, it's the, the first time that you watch a, a, a health video and you find out the heart's not shaped like a candy box. Kind <laughs> it's of not? Disappointing. No? Okay. Well, that's why you tune in to the... Learn something new every day. Go Undercover podcast. Well, it's probably not really, really news to most of our listeners out there. Okay. And it's also probably not news that the romance is so popular with with it being so popular within our readers. Um, There are best-selling romance authors like Colleen Hoover. Uh, Her books became really popular on TikTok last year. And then uh, we're, we're doing a better job now of keeping up with demand. But when it launched in October of 2022, her book, It Starts With Us, had already seen almost 900 people place it on the holds list through wow. the library. So wow, it is a popular genre. Yeah. So that all left me wondering as we were preparing for this episode, why are people so into this genre? Why are people so passionate about it? And for those who may not have picked up a romance novel, where would you start if you're wanting to get into these authors? So I think that's a, a good segue into... Yeah, if we, if we could only bring in some experts. Yeah, into our <laughs> experts here. Um, Greg is going to be back oh, on this good. episode. Yeah. yeah. And he's brought some friends with him who might be able to answer those questions. So stick around and we'll be right back after this quick break. Library News. Greg. 
Charles. <laughs> How's it going? It is doing great. Thank you so much for having us back for another edition of the Collection Deep Dives yeah. for the Uncovered Podcast. We always love to have you here. Absolutely. And today I am doubly excited because we are going to be discussing one of my most favorite topics in genres, which is romance novels. Now, Charles, you may not know this, but uh, romance novels, uh, it's a genre that has a lot of um, presumptions and kind of baggage is associated with it. But if you are a regular library goer, you know that li- that romance is a genre that is not only immensely popular with our patrons, but it is a genre that really drives the publishing industry. Its hmm. fans and its readers are just wonderfully voracious. They always come back for more. And we here at the library are excited to talk about romance and above all, talk about some great books that everyone gets to read. But before we get into it, I definitely want to make sure to introduce our, uh, our panelists today. So go ahead and tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hi, my name is Jess. I'm over at Leewood if you want to come by and talk romance. Hi, I'm Kelly Downs, and I'm currently at Central, and I also love to talk about romance, and it's one of my favorite genres, and my favorite part of romance novels are enemies to lovers. So you said enemies to lovers. Now, romance is a, is a genre that has a lot of kind of tropes associated with it. Now, these are not like subgenres like you'd see in like thrillers or mysteries or horror, but tropes, can you explain what those are or maybe give us some examples of a trope in romance? Sure, absolutely. So a trope is definitely a popular part of the romance genre, and there's lots of different tropes, probably up to 40. But the main ones that really people like to talk about are the enemies to lovers. There's also friends to lovers, forced proximity, um, fake relationships, and we could go on and on. There's a lot. So these are like patterns or kind of situations in the novel that kind of they follow a certain exactly. path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jess, what are your, some of your favorite uh, tropes? Oh, yeah. So the, uh, the enemies to lovers kind of thing, kind of going into the opposites attract uh, dynamic. Um, I really do enjoy second chances as far as, you know, fi- people finding connection where a missed opportunity might have happened before. Um, oh, goodness. All first sorts loves. Of, first like loves, yeah. Fell in love into teenagers, and then you <laughs> find each other again when you're or, 29. I was thinking of you know all those Hallmark movies where it's a small town romance where they come back to the small town mm-hmm. and fall in love with you know somebody there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, also addition additionally to the um, the, uh, the tropes, we also have the spice level. Can you talk about kind of how the intensity of romance can kind of differ over these all these different types of uh, genres? That we sure. Sure. And I think that's a hot topic too because people really um, everyone has a different comfort level, and so you're going to find romance that are innocent. And maybe a kiss happens within the book, but Mm -hmm. that's about it. Um, All the way to there's a few intimate scenes between the characters, um, maybe just kissing or um, the implication, like they're implying that something's going to happen. It's Mm -hmm. considered closed door. And then it can go even steamier and where they they actually describe the intimate scene all the way up to... Um, what I would consider to be like explicit, where it's very detailed and they don't leave anything to the imagination. So Jess, it, it is kind of relative talking mm-hmm. about the different spice levels. So some people's comfort level is going to be in different uh, different categories. Oh, absolutely. I, I kind of arrive at the discussion of romance like, like it's a pizza. Mm-hmm. So that like... 
you'll generally assemble a story or a pizza in the same way, but the ingredients might differ based off of your personal taste or mood. So your setting, your character, your plot, your tropes, the spice, all of those different ingredients may be added in a different combination um, to form your favorite flavors. And I just you know, believe that all tastes are valid, even if it's not something that you would personally pick Absolutely. off of the menu. So we have so many uh, different books that we want to talk about, but let's go ahead and kick things off. If our listeners are either lapsed romance readers or have never read a romance novel, uh, what would be a good gateway read? What would be a good first um, first attempt to kind of get you into the genre? Jess, why don't you go ahead and get us started? So, yeah, I was not a romance reader for most of my life, but I am now. And one of the main books that got me started was The Kiss Quotient by Han Wang. That's an amazing one. It is incredible. The story is so well written. All of the characters are believable. The tension and conflict is holy. uh, Like, just all of it is a very, very satisfying, believable story. So to kind of go in a quick uh, story or a quick summary of that, um, Stella uh, is wildly successful in her career and happy with her life, but her mother is uh, insisting that it's time for her to settle down and start a family. But Stella thinks that dating is messy and just physical intimacy of any kind is uncomfortable. Um, But so her solution to this uh, scenario is to hire an escort to teach her about sex and relationships so that she can be ready for uh, whenever Mr. Wright comes around. Sure. So Michael has dreams and goals of his own, but none of those included falling for his client. And so with the family commitments and insecurities and feelings a lot like love start complicating matters, the question arises, can two very different people make the perfect equation? So this fake relationship or kind of arranged relationship kind of morphs into something that's a little bit more real. Yes, and more passionate. yes. Yeah. And the joy and the fun is seeing the evolution of, oh, that's when I knew I loved them. And mm-hmm. that's all, a lot of fun to see in, in, in text. That's a great one. Uh, Kelly, why don't you tell us about one of your gateway reads? What is your introductions to the romance genre? Sure. So I've always loved romance, but during the pandemic, I was really struggling to be able to concentrate or enjoy books. And what I discovered was I needed that predictable, happily ever after, low stress novel to keep me engaged. And that's when I really started reading more romance than I ever had. And one of the books that I read um, in March of 2020 was Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia Hibbert. It's actually one of three books in a series, but they can be read standalone. So you don't have to read them all, but they're three sisters. So each book takes on, it, on one of the sisters. Yep. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. Um, Chloe is chronically ill and that has kind of limited some of her life experiences and she thinks her life is rather boring and so she makes a list of things she needs to do to enhance her life and she's rather innocent and so her her life her list includes um, drunken debauchery empty sex, reckless activities like camping in the wild, and riding a motorbike. (laughs) And so she ends up meeting a a man named Red, and he 
100% accepts her with she has a chronic illness. And I love that the author um, talks about that. And it just helps us all to relate and see that like, no matter we all have things that we have to deal with every day. And it just puts it into a really sweet story that there's someone out there for everyone. And you mentioned earlier that happily ever after format that is extremely important in romance. So that's one of the reasons why people read it is that either it's a happily for uh, happily ever after or happily for now that the story ends in an upbeat uh, type of way. Absolutely. Great. And you mentioned that the Talia Hibbert is part of a series. Why don't you tell us about one another series with uh, some other tropes? Oh, yes. Another series that I absolutely love in romance is by Penny Reed, which her name should be recognizable to many people. And it's called The Winston Brothers. It, there are seven books. There are six brothers and one sister, so seven siblings. And each book, again, it's focuses on, on one, of the, one of the siblings. Um, it takes place in the Smoky Mountains. It's a small town. Um, Mr. Winston, the dad, is part of a biker gang. So you have, like, all this baggage that comes with this family, and they kind of have a reputation. And so um, it's a slow burn. It's funny. Um, it's a medium steam level, I would say. Um, you know, there's some descriptions in there, and it's definitely like a the trope would be an enemies to lovers. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend it because if you love the first one, you have six more you get to read. Tell us about another uh, series that you that really piqued your interest. Sure. Um, I don't know why it is about series, but it's like once I find an author that I love and. Uh, there's something about like a family and you can just follow them through. It entertains me. So the next one is the Bergman Brothers series. It's by Chloe Lease. Um, Only When It's Us is the first one. And I like Chloe as an author um, because she, she writes romance novels that reflect her belief that everyone deserves a love story. Um, her stories pack a punch of heat, heart, and humor, and often feature characters who, who are neurodivergent like herself, which I find stories way more interesting when everyone's not super perfect and has no flaws. Yes. Romance is a genre that kind of has a little bit of romance or excuse me, fantasy to it, like a little bit of yeah, everyone's perfect. It kind of wishes are fulfilled, but still, if it's grounded in that realistic mm -hmm. uh, way, it really can uh, grab readers and get mm -hmm. them going. Mm -hmm. And Jess, going back to you, we've talked a little bit about contemporary romances with Kelly, but can you give us a, a different a different shade, a different type of setting for some uh, some other picks? Oh, absolutely. And historical romances are a wide berth of, oh, of options. Immensely popular. Yes. I mean, you remember when Bridgerton came out. Well, of course, we all did. Yes. <laughs> we, everybody was watching it. We couldn't keep the books on the shelves, even though I'd been, uh, those adaptations are just like, they, they, everybody wants to eat them up. It's fantastic. Uh, so I also really enjoy not just contemporary, but historical reads um, and some of the ones that I enjoy. So if you're looking back at that Regency time period, like Bridgerton, um, one of the ones that I really love is by Alexis Hall. It's called Lady for a Duke. It's a swoony and heartfelt Regency era novel about Viola Carroll, who reconnects with her childhood best friend, the now Duke of Gracewood. She survived the Battle of Waterloo, whereby all accounts she was assumed dead. Now, finally living her most authentic life, she is devastated to see how much war has taken from him. She remembers a lively boy from her youth and commits to helping him heal. It's a remarkably affirming novel, full of affection, slowly smoldering into a satisfying conclusion. 
This is a, a really wonderful slow burn. How about the spice level for this one? It starts off slow. You've got that, you know, oh no, they looked at me for to the oh we you know, we brushed hands a la two thousand five Pride and Prejudice. Sure. And then you have all of that pining that it leads up into that, uh, a a a welcoming and uh, on-page uh, union of souls, as it That's were. That's another key to romance novels, is that is the, it's not necessarily the destination, but the journey. It's the yeah. the glances, the the brushings of the hands, the, the will-they-won't-they they obstacles in the way yes, that absolutely. really build that anticipation to really get the juices flowing. Yes, the anticipation, the tension, all of that is what drives the novel. Um, and so it's, it's almost less about, oh, good, they ended up together. We want that. But it's all about getting through the conflicts to knowing that it's a very stable and satisfying uh, resolution. And even though Regency is an extremely popular uh, brand of, a, of historical um, romance, why don't you give us an example of like another time period that might be of interest to us? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so Slippery Creatures by K.J. Charles uh, is, is, is a historical, like around the Roaring Twenties kind okay. of era. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Slippery Creatures is actually the first book in a trilogy. Now, this one is unique in the sense that a lot of romances have uh, are, the stories are self-contained in a single book. Um, they, there may be a series exploring other characters within the first novel, such as the uh, the brothers series. But this one uh, is part of the Will Darling adventures, and so it's actually the whole of the story takes place over three novels. And Slippery Creatures is just the first, the first one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Private Will Darling has returned from the Great War and inherits a bookshop after his uncle dies. Will's plan for a quiet life until he finds himself in possession of valuable information that both the war office and a criminal ring are desperate to get their hands on. He meets an aristocratic gentleman, Ken Sickerton, who is as attractive as he is irritatingly clever and who offers to help Will get out of the mess. Passion, danger, and intrigue fill the pages of this cusp of the Roaring Twenties trilogy. It's got banter for days, mysteries to solve, and it's been a long time since I've wanted to reread a book, much less an entire series as soon as I finished it. And all of the the events of these three books kind of lead to that big conclusion. They're setting the table for that big uh, reveal. You know, sometimes, end. Greg, the, the issues that they need to navigate before they can be truly happy, it takes longer than just a single book. So Absolutely. It, it, it takes its time, and uh, it's totally worth it. And if you're having adventures and solving mysteries along the way? I mean, they get in the way. you gotta you got to deal with what comes at you first. So much the better. Uh, Kelly, going back to you, we've talked a lot about uh, novels and tropes that kind of deal with kind of a lot of firsts and a lot of uh, a lot of you know a lot of intense feelings. Tell us a little bit about uh, a book that's set maybe uh, kind of in the mid, uh, maybe a little after that first blush of romance. So, a book that I would love to talk about today is called Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monaghan. It is a romance with characters in their 40s. It's a very light read, um, has a lot of character growth, and the trope would be a forced proximity, and the steam level is zero. It implies that they have a romantic relationship, but they don't describe it. So it's about Nora Hamilton. Um, She knows the formula for love better than anyone. As a romance channel screenwriter, it's her job. But when her too-good-to-work husband leaves her and their two kids, Nora turns her marriages marriages collapse into cash and writes the best script of her life. No one is more surprised than her when it's picked up for the big screen. When former Sexiest Man Alive, Leo Vance, is cast as her never-do-well husband, Nora's life will never be the same. 
Ah, so it's like a kind of a celebrity pairing with kind of like a regular person. And yep, his- and a second chance. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice. And I like that. It's so interesting to me that we're sitting here and we've talked about around six books and they're all so different from each other. So it really does show that romance can be for everyone. Absolutely. We could probably talk another hour about different types of genres and tropes and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, time periods and all these different types of things. This is this is this genre is ma- vast and contains multitudes. I think sometimes people are reading a romance novel and they don't even realize it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so Jess, once you tell us um, kind of sticking with that um, kind of the midlife uh, kind of genre, uh, mini genre, what can you give us another example of a of a book that fits in that mold. Oh yeah, absolutely. The one that comes to mind is called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. It's a contemporary uh, second chance romance um, that has a lot of heart and a lot of uh, healing that needs to happen over the course of it. Um, It's got single parent in there. We've got a a character there who has debilitating migraines. So it addresses some real life things that you wouldn't consider being a a, a romance heroine of, Mm -hmm. of a kind. You've kind of expect them to be this kind of paper doll perfect game. These are real people and they feel like real people. So in seven days in June, single mother Eva is an extremely successful writer who unexpectedly meets Shane at an author event and everyone in attendance can see that there is immediate chemistry between them. Seven Days in June recounts the week they spent together as teens falling in love and being ripped apart by circumstance and intersperses how they navigate this bittersweet reunion as adults who are still head over heels for each other. This is a hurts so good kind of book where the happily ever after payoff is absolutely earned. Mm. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, and this book is going to stay with you for years after you read it. This sounds like a really intense but a really worthwhile romance yes. that really kind of digs its teeth into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what, I would like to thank both of you so much for uh, for joining us here and talking about this uh, this uh, amazing genre. I would like to remind all of our listeners that if you didn't uh, have a pen to write down what we talked about, look in the show notes. We will have a BiblioCommons list of all of the books that we talked about today, plus some others that we didn't get a chance to get to. So we will definitely make sure that your to-be-read pile is as nice and full. Um, as the fall goes on. I would like to mention that there is a a, a novel that's coming out in November. It is called Do Your Worst by Rosie Dannon. Now, this is going to be a steamy enemies to lovers trope that's set in an ancient castle in modern day Scotland, where uh, the the main character is a logical, no-nonsense Brit archaeologist who is teamed with a um, a young woman who is a generations of a, she's a gift of the supernatural. She's kind of a curse breaker. She's brought in to kind of lift the curse off of this castle and hilarity ensues as both of them kind of clash, um, but um, find um, sparks and romance along the way. This is kind of a rom-com. This is going to be a, a fun, gentle read, but with definitely with the, the steam um, on the higher end. So if that's your thing, check out Do Your Worst by Rosie Dannon. I would like to thank both of you again for this episode. I really enjoyed thank this you. conversation. This was so much fun. Thanks for having us. I love talking about romance. All right. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joko Library Uncovered to come. So I imagine those out there still listening are probably already just as excited as I am to give some of those titles a recommendation. I know, Dave, you seemed like you were 
into those. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I, I have no heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, if you're like Dave and you might still have some lingering doubts about if romance is the genre for you, I have one last bit of encouragement, and that's that this genre is just fun to read. Yeah. Um, romance, by its nature, is about emotions and getting the reader to feel something, just like the characters are feeling throughout the book. So it's easy to get sucked into the story. Romance novels typically have happy endings despite the challenges along the way. So that's something that if you're looking for a more of an uplifting type of experience from your reading, uh, the, you're going to find that in romance novels. Also, if steaminess of the novel is something that you're worried about, there are tons of online tools. Uh, one that I use is romance.io, and that's a crowdsourced review page for romance novels. Nice. And they put a steaminess rating. <laughs> steaminess. That's yeah, what sure. they call it. Well, yeah. it makes sense. You yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like, is this just fairly chaste romance, or is it is it more explicit? So That makes sense. Um People are want to find one that fits their tastes, for and sure. they have sources like that. So you can you can look up and make sure that the book is right for you before you check it out. Not everybody's looking for Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Okay, and hopefully you can find something from this discussion that inspired you to find a hidden gem at the library that you might not have looked for before. And speaking of those hidden gems, next episode we'll be talking about unsung heroes. So Johnson County was founded in 1855, just a year after the passage of the Kansas-Nebraska Act. And over the last 168 years, there have been many figures who are well-known and live in the area to this day. Yeah. But we wanted to focus on Johnson County natives who made positive contributions to the world, but might not be those same household names that everybody recognizes. For sure. And so we're going to have Andrew from the Johnson County Museum, and he has identified, I think, four of yeah. these individuals. And I cannot wait to hear about their historical impact on Johnson County. Yeah, me either. So let's tune in next time for that. Joko Library Uncovered. So if you enjoyed today's topic, you might be interested in these recommendations from our collection. First, Charles's Choices. Hey, that's you. That's me. And I I typically enjoy some different genres. I like some fantasy in my books. Um, so the both of the ones that I'm recommending today may not be traditional romance, but they are in the romance genre. Uh, the first one is The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. And this one is kind of a, a weird West romance. Uh, it's got elements of enemies to lovers. It's got um, some of those Western vibes from like uh sheriffs and outlaws and things but there's also magic and demons and um uh, i i just really enjoyed that book the next one i will recommend is hot and badgered by shelly lorenston 
And this one is a shape-shifting romance between <laughs> a... I really thought there were going to be badgers. <laughs> there is. There's a... Oh, no. It's a... It's a badger and badger shapeshifter and a bear shapeshifter are the the two that are falling in love in this one. But I enjoy Shelley Lawrenston. Um, the the romance is there, but I enjoy it more because of of their writing style is very cinematic. It feels like you're there's a movie going on. So there's like little cutaways to things that are happening in different parts of the city. And it's kind of comedic. And I, I really enjoy like that comedic action mixed with romance. Cool. And next up we have a Dave's double feature. Okay. For your Dave's double feature, I'm an old school guy. And so I'm going to recommend an old school format, the DVD back in my day, we're talking about the 1980s. We loved our rom-coms and what was so special about our rom-coms, they had the best soundtracks ever. And so the first one that I'm going to suggest is a movie that stars Andrew McCarthy, John Cryer, and of course, Molly Ringwald. And the movie is Pretty in Pink. I don't know which I like better, the movie or the soundtrack. The second one is a little bit more modern. And when I say modern, we're talking about 2000, so 23 years old. But uh, another one of my favorite actors, John Cusack, he had a movie called High Fidelity. Fun fact, it was the uh, introduction uh, to the world for uh, Jack Black. It was his theatrical debut. Uh, it takes place in a record store, but there is a serious uh, love element to it. And uh, highly recommend both the movie and the soundtrack. So my picks, Pretty in Pink and High Fidelity. So for a full list of our book report recommendations, you can go to our webpage, jocolibrary.org slash uncovered. Joko Library Uncovered is a production of Johnson County Library and is recorded at the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. We would love to read your thoughtful emails at uncovered at jocolibrary.org. Join our online conversation at facebook.com slash jocolibrary. Look for us on Twitter at jocolibrary. Our website is jocolibrary.org. Subscribe to Joko Library Uncovered through your favorite podcatcher or go to jocolibrary.podbean.com. Thanks for listening and come back in two weeks for more Joko Library Uncovered. Uncovered.